Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, a series on a podcast that celebrates the messiness of life, relationships, and Christianity, featuring my wife Lacey and myself, Nathan. It's creatively titled because it will be just us shooting the breeze, uh, sometimes with guests, while occasionally saying something important. We hope you enjoy. Hey. Hey. <laughs> So I'm glad to be back. Yeah, you're back. I'm back. I get to be back on my own show. Oh, so my word. I'm so nice. glad. Thank you for allowing me to come back. I'm glad to have you back <laughs> on our show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were you were out for quite a while with a migraine. Yes, that, let's, let's yeah. not talk about that time. That's good. <laughs> those days. So about those days. Um, we were... And then we had some guests. We did have guests. But I have good news. Yeah. Um, our listeners haven't missed anything when it comes to um, any kind of advancement with my braces. They still hurt just as much as the day I first got them. So you also that's, you also gyrate your jaw as much as the first day you got them. I know because it hurts every day, every minute, every hour. It's like it's it's all it's all consuming. Still, uh, guys, I'm two months in. So you you act. I feel like you act like a five-year-old who got, like, the tiniest of tiniest, like, splinters or whatever. I wish I could just slap some braces on your face and just let you cry. On my face? Yeah, just cry. (laughs) No, you know how, like, little kids run in and they're like, "Ah, I know you ah," think that way. And there's, like, like, no I know. I'm having to, at this point now, whenever we have a braces adjustment, all three of us girls will get them at the same time. And I'll just say to Nathan Knight before, I'm like, hey, just so you're aware... We're doing an adjustment yesterday, so we're all going to be miserable Yeah. tomorrow. So I think one night we all, the last adjustment, we all had ice cream for dinner. Yeah, it's true. That. We did have ice cream for dinner. <laughs> you know what? I, I did I did get to participate with that, so that was mm-hmm. that was very special mm-hmm. for me. And my and uh, my teeth didn't hurt, so. Nice. That made, yeah. You Good know what? I do you. have, here's, I feel like I can fully identify with you. Because whenever I eat ice cream, I have super sensitive teeth. Right. So I have to let my ice cream melt a little bit before I can actually take a... I feel like it's exactly the same thing that you're going it's through. Exa- you're right. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Like the few times during the week that I eat ice cream, I mm-hmm. feel like I can fully identify with I, everything. I thank you. Honey, thank you for trying to reach no, out to me in that way. I, well, it's empathy. I know. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Today, we are, our, our subject matter is a little bit more uh, intense than it is breezy, but we're going to go for it anyway, right? Yeah, the, the, I was going to say, over the, last, <clears throat> over the last several episodes, we've talked about mental health. Mm-hmm. We've talked about uh, terminal diseases and brothers who have to live with said person who has a terminal disease uh-huh. and then also um pets dying so we've had a very wide gamut of well i was gonna say not so encouraging subject well, matters and today follow suit <laughs> if i would have been thinking i would have thought about that a little bit more than something like a joke episode we could do a joke episode like bring our best jokes what do you think about that i steal all of mine from you i know you do <laughs> You know what's funny though is you're too scared to say yours, and then I'm not I get too scared. I just and don't, then I get credit. No, for it. I am just at home with my kids most of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't have a very varied audience. 
Yeah, but even I don't when, get to hobnob with people. You even, know what I'm saying? Yes, that is. <laughs> that's what I love doing is hobnobbing. <laughs> You're a hobnobber. Um, uh, no, I was gonna say. Hold on. You okay? Is the blanket attacking you? It's attacking me. There we go. Oh, okay. Sorry about um, that. No, it, not not hobnobbing, but uh, uh, whenever we're, we're in a group together, you'll whisper a joke in my ear about this uh, situation, and then I'll be like, "Batter up!" and I go for it. And you're like, you stole my joke. And I'm like, well, I was brave enough to do it publicly. And I get credit. And I take credit. Mm-hmm. They're like, Nate, that was funny. And I'm like, I know, I'm funny. Well, I will say that when you were texting your brothers the other day, mm-hmm. you were being so funny, they thought that I had stolen the phone. It was, in fact, the one texting, texting which them. I found to be hilarious. They didn't trust in your own... Ability, ability, joke ability. All day, all day, they were like, "Man, Nate's gotten funny. I wonder what Lacey did to him, and she stole his phone." <laughs> I was in a mood the other day, and I was like, on par, like on top of you it. Just thought you were hilarious. Usually, so when funny. you think you're hilarious, so it's not. But I always accurate. think I'm hilarious. I know that's why I'm saying. <laughs> Here's the deal: is I've always said I need one person to laugh, and if that one person happens to be me, done. Okay. Done and done. Hmm. Well, um, I don't know a transition. <laughs> there is no transition. Do you know transition. a transition? <laughs> Let's talk about infertility. Ooh, there we go. There's there the we transition. go. That's <laughs> nice. I feel like it needs like a reading rainbow, like, the like more star. you know. Yeah. Um, I think those are two different things. I think reading rainbow is like, take a look. It's in a book, like with LeVar. And then like, LeVar, yeah. the more you know is like PBS star, like shooting through the sky. No, 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 no. That you're you're thinking of the, the more you know the like PSAs. Yeah. Right? Isn't that a star shooting through the sky? Yeah. yeah. See, I'm right. But Lavar's nowhere to be found. That's like. No, that's a butterfly. Take shooting a look. Through it's in sky. a book. Yeah. Reading rainbow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, honey. It's perfect. It's in a book. Mm-hmm. Take a look. Do it. I loved reading Rainbow. I bet you did. I was not a good reader, and so all these kids who were younger than me reading, like, on the show, I was like, oof. You just, like, loved it. You're like, look at them go. <sighs> look at them go. Wow. I'll never be that one day. I remember watching, um, like, in the afternoon, so they had all the PBS shows for kids. My mom would have it on for the little kids in my family, because there's, there's seven kids in my family. Like, I mean, obviously, you know this. But the younger kids would watch um, Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. And then right after Sesame Street was Barney. Right. And um, my younger sister, she's about nine years younger than me. She would watch Sesame Street, but she had this weird obsession with Barney that she would, like, sit and watch the show, like, almost like she was hypnotized. Like, she couldn't look away. And she would get so... By the time he started his little, like... I love you, you love me, Diddy, like towards the end. She, yeah, and you. she, and we're talking like a girl who's completely low key kind of a person, but she would get hysterical, like screaming, crying every time Barney <laughs> ended. And so it started to be where my mom couldn't let her watch Barney because she was afraid, like it was sent making her psycho. And so by the time we had to get to the point that we could only watch half of Sesame Street because they started to like coming up next Barney commercials. Right. And she'd be so afraid of Chelsea and them that she'd be like, okay, we need to cut it off. Cut it off now. Like, we couldn't oh, let it Barney. Was, it was Chelsea? 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was one of your other sisters. No, it was Chelsea, which <laughs> makes oh, it wildly word. funny if yeah. you know her. Oh, no, Because she's not make... like, she she doesn't seem crazy when you meet her, yeah. but going through this experience with her, there's a little, a little, <laughs> she's gonna hate, <laughs> a little trigger. She's going to hate this. No, she knows the story. I tell it all the time. <laughs> 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 but um yeah so um talking about kids today so that hey transition I already transitioned though oh okay and then that's what started your second transition like second breakfast Correct. second breakfast okay so um when i was uh when i was younger i mean i, I want to say i was like four years old i started ballet my mom put me in dance class and um i was with this ballet studio from the time i was four till the time i was 18 so 14 years so pretty much grew up seeing my dance teachers as a husband and wife team every mm-hmm. week for all most my life right and they didn't have any kids of their own and they were really the first couple that i was ever aware of that did not have any kids and um because i came from like a big homeschool family it was very weird to us that they didn't have any kids and um I remember not really thinking too much about it till I got to be probably a teenager and then I started to wonder and I remember at one of my classes one of uh, um, the other girls in the class asked my dance teacher I think we were 12 or 13 why they didn't have any kids and Mm -hmm. um she basically just told us that she wasn't able to um, carry babies to full term and that um, what she was able to receive from teaching dance and seeing us all every week and watching us grow up, that that was very rewarding for her. And she'd learned to accept that that was her way of, um, in a way, parenting, right? Like, right. right, like it was a different version of it, but that was the way that she had, Accept, basically accepted right it was right. still a sad thing but it, she had accepted it and um I, I i don't know i mean that was really my first experience with infertility what were like because you did come from a big background and what were some like your thoughts with that or do you remember what they were um I think it was really hard for my family in particular to relate because my mom really had good pregnancies. She didn't really have any trouble, um, no miscarriages, okay. really didn't have any uh, babies that ended up in NICU. I, th- I had a sister who was uh, labeled failure to thrive and she had to go back for a few days to the hospital, okay. but that was really one of the only issues um i know that my parents when they i'm the oldest so when my parents got pregnant with me it took them a little while but um once they started going you know they were hit the ground running kind of a (laughs) they were good to go and so in my family it just wasn't talked about and when it was brought up it just wasn't understood there wasn't really a lot of understanding or compassion it was kind of something that I don't know if it was disregarded because we couldn't understand it, hmm. but it just wasn't a, um, a discussion. Right. And there was definitely a lack of understanding, a lack of empathy, I, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so fast forward, um, which is really funny to me, I ended up 
because I was the oldest of seven kids, I ended up thinking to myself when I was a teenager that, you know, I was not wanting children. Um, I had been really immersed in kid culture all my live long days. And my last sibling came when I was 15. So, I mean, people would think I was like a teenage mom. I, I mean, I, my, right. all my teenagers, people thought I was a teenage mom. <laughs> and um, I just learned to roll with it. <clears throat> Gave me a lot of compassion for teenage moms the way that I was treated, though. But okay. um, I, I had decided really specifically, and I remember I was really cruel to my, my own mother. I was like, yeah, I'm not having kids. <laughs> my poor mom. I'm like, I'm not having kids. I'm, I'm having a career. So that's the way it is. Right. And she just felt really disregarded when I was so... I don't know, firm about that or like <laughs> like matter of fact right like yeah. not compassionate no I yeah. had zero empathy when I was a teenager right. and um that was really my plan and so I ended up going away um my plans ended up shifting where I ended up going to uh, bible school instead of college and um still though I had been very determined that I didn't really want kids as part of my my future and so then enter you. I mean, we met when you were 20. Yeah. And I was, no, no, no. You 19. were 18. I was mm-hmm. 20. And so what had been your experience with? <clears throat> right. So up until that point? Uh, I learned early on that more than likely I wouldn't be able to have kids uh, with cystic fibrosis. Um, males do not develop a vas deferens tube. Um, parents, if you're listening with your kids, I will let you explain what a vast difference is. Well, we is. always use this example. It's my favorite example. That mm. there's a highway. Yeah. And there's with cars, cars. And Nathan has no, no high highway. Rate. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you. <You're> so, <laughs> I... <laughs> the cars are getting... Going from the factory to... And there's no highway. Mm. Anyways. So, um... Yeah, I learned early on, and then I had several hydrocele hernia um, uh, surgeries. Um, hydrocele hernia, in theory, you are only, should only need two surgeries. Right. For two specific right. things. Areas, yeah. Areas. <laughs> I had four. Yeah, and within I, I mean, that, does that mean, I mean, you're not a freak of nature. That was just like a... Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, let's just say they didn't take... <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even think of it that those I'm like <laughs> I love it I should have just left it I should have <laughs> my own secret just laughing as you die when as, you realize as everyone else is like wait what what so, do you have to buy special clothing <laughs> <laughs> Two of them didn't take. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm. Anyways, oh goodness. Um. So, the, they and they. That's when they found out for sure that I I don't have those highways. Um. So, 
fast. So how old were you when they, 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 they I mean, cause they sat you down and basically yeah. said, had a serious conversation and said, yeah. look, you're not going to be able to have kids and we want to tell you now. Right. So, which I don't understand. I think you were like 13. Right? So I was like 13. This I don't is know why not... you would tell a 13 year old boy that that's like a terrible idea from various from doctors reasons. to parents anyone in between who's listening do not tell your children your males your your boys gen, boy gender males that there's no consequences <laughs> to just keep moving extracurricular activity <laughs> keep moving okay bad idea um anyways so i knew early on that i was not able to have kids right. also with you know a lot of the stuff that i went through as a kid uh i was just like i don't i don't want kids oh good i don't well then I'm you had the them. other added layer of because this is a genetic disease right you have the possibility if i was also a gene carrier whoever is you ended up with you know you didn't know at the time but yeah that if whoever it was was it this the same you know had carried the cf gene that you would have a one in three chance of having yeah. a kid with cystic fibrosis and you're yeah. thinking about that going i don't want to do that to my kid right yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah so it was like a no-go for me which i was perfectly happy with um so then uh so so i this is like a reality for me i you know grieved it if you will when i was a teenager um and then we you and I get married. And we we talk about it, and we're like, great. We both don't right. want children. Perfect. This is Yay. great. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, then, when was it? It was like three years into our marriage? Was it three or four? No. Um, for me, we have been married two years, I want to okay. say, a year or two. Okay. And because um, I feel like our first year of marriage, we were both like, okay, yeah, our first year we yeah. were fine, yeah. And then our um, our second year, I had had something happen where I was um, we were touring with this ministry, and I I didn't realize the reason I didn't want kids was this hardness. I just sure. had this hardness in my heart, and I didn't. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't value motherhood. I just didn't. Right. I wanted, I didn't see it as, I was very goal-driven and accomplishment-oriented, <clears throat> and I didn't see it as a a huge th- accomplishment, you know? And um, I remember people would tell stories about, like, uh, this guy in Korea who has this big church and all these thousands and thousands of people are coming to the Lord, and, you mm-hmm. know, that his mother mother spent days and days on her knees before the lord and if it wouldn't been for her yeah then he would never have accomplished this and i would think to myself i don't want to be the mom i want to be the one accomplishing right like who wants to be the mom like in the secret place that sounds terrible like no thank you and um (laughs) so anyway or like stories of like when you're homeschooled you gotta read about Susanna wesley as part of the mandatory curriculum that's a joke but um anyway everybody would bring up Susanna Wesley how she had like I don't 14 know. kids no it's like 20 was it 20 I thought yeah, it was 14 it's insane somebody can fact check us but it's an amount it's a it's a large amount and she used to yeah. take her apron to have quiet time she used to take your apron and flip it up over her face <laughs> and that was the only time she got alone time and I'm like that that just does not sound like the kind of life 
Right. I would want to, of course, you know, like um, my sister would say, the curated aesthetic that I want. Right. In my home, like that's not really <laughs> the millennial verbiage there. Is it curated? Yeah, my curated. carefully curated aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. This is one of the many resources we make available for free at our website, cultivaterelationships.com. Our resources have helped people grow in their relationship with God and others. Uh, We've seen people set free from uncontrollable anger and paralyzing fear. We've witnessed estranged family members be reunited after working through our freedom booklet. We've helped people build healthy relationship and coping habits through our coaching videos. And all of these resources are made available for free because of the generous support of people like you. If you would like to become a partner, please visit cultivaterelationships.com support. Now, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. So anyway, um, <coughs> wow. that's not the one I want. No. So um, I'm, you know, we'd been married a year or so, and we're traveling with this ministry, and I end up in this house. We are staying with this this family and they had this little farmhouse and upstairs kind of in this really cute little area they had like an attic area they had you know drywalled it all out made it really cute and that's what their little little girls stayed and it was this beautiful little bedroom and their Mm -hmm. little girls were showing me their bedroom and um on the wall was this prayer and i might cry (laughs) that the mom had written and she had posted it over the room as like a blessing over her girls and I don't even remember exactly what it said but it was just this mama's heart that was just Mm -hmm. written out as a blessing over her children and the Holy Spirit just grabbed my heart and said there is such value in motherhood Mm -hmm. and it it like it broke me you know it was just this really um, impactful experience where the first for the first time, I had this desire that I'd never had before. And um, I think it was so hard because, you know, I walked away from that experience going, God, why would you do that to me? Because yeah. in my bitterness, at least I wasn't sad, right. right? Like, at least I wasn't longing for this thing that seems impossible and now I am and it just almost seemed cruel like that he wouldn't just allow me to live in my bitterness in my hardness you know because it was protecting me well also I would say with that almost a naivete an ignorance right right because you're like nope I'm good yeah Right. So, I mean, that that was kind of my changing point of wanting kids. And when, what was yeah. yours? So mine was, oh, goodness, I, I don't even remember. I th- It was just something along the lines of feeling like I know, I know your heart started changing. And then it was something along the lines of one of those, I think, maybe you can help me here remember because the only thing I think of is having having like a legacy having something to the effect of a I don't know to leave something I'm trying to remember what 
what it, it it exactly was i mean it took prayer it wasn't it wasn't a moment like yours no, was mine was, mine was kind of over over time uh, one thing for sure was my own healing and forgiveness from my from how i was raised that's what i was going to say yeah. is that you had such a hardness about you yeah. that you just i i i think that it you were using it as almost a protective shell right. So it definitely came, like, the, the desire to have kids definitely came after I had done a lot of my own resolving issues in my heart from, right. from how I grew up. Almost, like, getting a little bit more open. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Grinch. My heart started to grow. <laughs> and so then <clears throat> I have this kind of uh, realization, now I'm wanting kids and I can't have them. Right. And so we were both faced with this utter, like, hopelessness with a massive desire, which we both really struggled with. Why would God... We were perfectly naive and happy. Hardened. <laughs> Hardened. Bittered. In our own in our own naivete and, and, and lack of desire for... Right. And, and, you know, we are <clears throat> broke. Like, yeah. broke. And we're also um, dealing with cystic fibrosis, which, you know, does not look good on paper before. Like, cause or like, Googled. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it doesn't look super encouraging if yeah. you're looking for someone to um, place Spend a, a lo- child with you. Yeah, exactly. Spend a lot of time with. <laughs> right. And so um, we... 18, 18 years-ish. <laughs> We, we prayed about it, and yeah. I ended up, it was really important to you that I get tested to see if I have the CF gene yep. and all of that, you know. And so we started to pursue it. We were just yeah. like, well, we're going to push this uh, forward and see what doors open. And um, But there was such a, I think at that point, you know, as we started looking into it, we started to realize that this was a situation that was um, really uh, painful. Yeah. It was really painful. And yeah. um, I remember <clears throat> one of my one of my very vivid memories of uh, I would say encountering God is we started to have this desire and I I, I was so angry and so discouraged at why God had done this. I remember walking out to our backyard and 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 sitting on this stump in our backyard and just yelling at God. Like why would you do this? Why we were we were fine with with how things were. Why would you why? Why would you do this? Not a how not like even a not a, like not even a how dare you, but it was just like why? what what what's it to, accomplishing yeah what's yeah, it accomplishing what to what end yeah um i know for myself um i'm such a researcher and a uh <laughs> I, I just like to 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 try things see yeah. what sticks right sure. 
And um, so I immediately started going research crazy and fundraising crazy and throwing myself into, you know, at the, at the time we first pursued, we thought adoption would be really impossible just because mm-hmm. some of the feedback we were getting. And so we per- were going to pursue some. Um, well, being having a terminal disease. Right. They so don't necessarily like to. They don't love it. Yeah. So we were going to pursue um, some. Uh, infertility treatments mm-hmm. which let me tell you what infertility treatments are like the wild west of the medical world like <laughs> oh my gosh and those of you yeah. that know what I'm talking about know you you end up in these conversations that are super trippy and you yeah. start to really um, and there is no judgment that I just don't the decisions we made were the decisions we made but yeah. um, I'm not against them I just feel like as you get deeper into it, you start to wrestle with like, okay, so we're creating embryos. How many embryos are we gonna create? And if we create, you know, 14 embryos because it's cheaper and you know, you you get more bang for your buck, are we gonna freeze them? And then if we're gonna cryo freeze them, how many years are we gonna pay for? Like, Well, you you get into so many issues. You get into so many moral issues with infertility like Lacey and I are saying we do not we are not judging no I mean uh, I think it's a very personal decision yeah making any judgment statements but there's just a lot that you have to wrestle through oh gosh and I remember like okay so people are telling like we were looking at all the options right and um one of the options options. was uh uh hold on I want to all of the options. What are you going to say? Nothing. I'm just leaving it there. Oh, gosh. Okay. There was just so many there options. There was a lot of... And we Let were, me tell you what. We were willing to pursue all of them. Nathan. <laughs> okay. So, but I remember looking at um, one of the options was like, instead of doing in vitro, we could possibly just do, um, people are encouraging, we'll look at a sperm bank, mm-hmm. which was trippy to me. That what was trippy to me is that they would rank like how expensive it was based on like the educated like how educated a person was yeah the donor there we go so like if the donor had a college degree it was more than if they were just like a high school graduate or if they had like a mba it was which is crazy to me because how many geniuses have like flunked out of school because it it wasn't stimulating enough i feel like those choices of words are very weird but um no right like i mean no what did I say wrong? I, nothing, nothing. Um, I just feel like th- it was, it was, I, I don't know. I, I, how old were we at the time? Oh, so Early 20s. this was between um, like 24 and 28, you know, we're, we're looking at this stuff where I was between 24 and 28. And um, just... Uh, I guess one of the things, too, is I felt very alone. Yeah. I mean, with you, obviously. We were yeah. together in it. But um, trying to make these decisions um, very alone. And so we ended up, we, we, I really didn't, was not comfortable with certain options. So we ended up pursuing the, um, I found this guy by where we lived who apparently did, like, discount in vitro. He was the, he was one of the original research doctors that developed uh yeah like the test tube baby in the 80s you know that's how he advertised himself anyway but he apparently he was a lot cheaper so we went to him and i Mm -hmm. will never forget because our first consult i was expecting like a sit down right 
like talk about what we wanted like our right. options yeah. what there was to look at and the first so we get into the office and he's like okay he looks at nathan and goes okay drop your drawers let's see what we're working with like right in his office like we're not talking like a doctor's office we're talking like a pen pencil plaque on the wall desk office office yeah so i'm used to like medical procedures (laughs) so he's like we literally shake hands hi i'm so-and-so hi i'm so-and-so all right why don't you drop your drawers and see what we're working with and i to me i'm like this is second nature i'm like okay so i yeah i did and he and so which i'm fine with i'm like okay this is normal and he turns to lacy no he goes he goes he goes i want you to run across next door to the urologist and he's gonna give me a second opinion and so nathan basically like grabs his pants and his hands and is like okay and like runs out the door and i just think it's the funny thing funniest thing in the world and when i get really nervous i just start laughing hysterically so i'm laughing like i'm dying but then he turns to me and he's like okay you're next and i'm like what? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> moving too fast. You just sent my husband away and I don't know who you are. This is weird. And, um, oh gosh. So we, so we'll, I'm just going to like wrap this up yeah, real don't, quick. I mean, and we I'm have not, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of stories story there, into this and, uh, maybe for a other time, non-child friendly, uh, <laughs> podcast, but all things said and done after much trauma on my part <laughs> you only you <laughs> all you had to do was watch i no i i, was I definitely one... had a um what do they call it a uh invasive? A first encounter of my own kind here's the thing yes though. an invasive <laughs> i one of the procedures i ended up having to have ptsd i thought you were over, wrapping this up i was trying to and then you diminished my <laughs> my wrap up let's just say at the end of the procedure it looked like a grenade had gone off in my lap <laughs> it was pretty bad so after that after the, we we got all the test results back and we found out that not only not only do i not have highways for cars all of my cars have no engines they're, they're, and are well, dead they're dead yeah they're dead little cars they're they're not going anywhere. they're not going doesn't matter but, how know, many highways I, mean, I, I was have. so I was so wanting it that I had already yeah. I, I think I already had my meds on order and yeah I, you almost had all of your what is it is it like birth controller hormone meds well on? I had been on some stuff but then you had like a pack of meds yeah. you have to order to yeah. start your hormone stuff and um it was like two thousand dollars worth of meds and I I just had hours basically to cancel them but they had called me and they basically said, can I say this part? I know it's... Yeah, go for it. No, that's it's fine. It's so funny. I'm willing to tell the story. So I'm just wondering if they, our listeners are ready I to know hear it. You might be gone <laughs> by now. But um, <laughs> anyway, they called me. And this is months and months. This is not... I mean, we're very much trimming this down. But... Um, <laughs> for your own safety. <laughs> yes, this whole IVF experience. And um, they basically said, listen, we were able to take some chunks and see if anything was viable for the IVF for the procedure right. and nothing was viable but we were in Alaska at the time and they said we're our, you know we're very limited and so what we can say to you is maybe if you go to a specialty clinic they can wedge they can wedge some pieces samples and some samples and be able to possibly get enough of you know what you need and I'm thinking to myself, I'm on the phone, and I'm like thinking of a pie, like, and how many wedges 
a pie are in house. a pie, and there's just a limited <laughs> amount. Like right. you can't just go wedging. Uh, quote unquote pie all day long and <laughs> end up with pie left over and so we're like at some point, at some there's point no more pie. yeah and so we're like <laughs> and i have two pies you gotta stop wedging <laughs> you, gotta, you I, can't wedge my husband anymore like i only have two pies <laughs> you're just clarifying how many pies you have yeah. <laughs> just because because they're earlier because right? they're limited right yeah not four. Not four. I have two pies. Because maybe you had four, I might have been more generous with your pie. We have pie to share. We have four pies. <laughs> There's no pie to share. So we did not wedge any pies. We did not pies. wedge any pies. No. Uh, I, and honestly, we had put a lot of prayer into the whole thing, and we really felt like that was a really solid closed door to the IVF. Right. And so um, that was, I mean, just grieving that. Like, okay, we're going right. to grieve that. And So ado- adoption's out, for those of you keeping track of our story. Adoption's out. IVF is out. Right. And so then after IVF went on, I was like, let's try adoption again. Right. And um, so we applied to another adoption agency and got rejected. And called local and they were like, yeah, I don't, they basically told me I was not gonna be selected. So, um, I mean, and this is over a few years. And so I I guess I meant to say this earlier, but why, you know, why am I talking about this? Uh, And and the reason why is because what I was saying earlier is just growing up in a family that wasn't really aware yeah. Of, of the the struggle and um, it was it's such a massive deal in our life and I know people that sh- that struggle with infertility that it is a massive deal and people that are aware it's a really hard thing to talk about and the people that aren't aware they don't know how to broach the right. subject and you know right. I was looking up um, I was looking up some statistics online and basically about 10% of the couples in the U.S., they have infertility issues. Yeah. Um, along with that, there is, um, and, and that's what's called primary, primary infertility. There's also secondary infertility, and I feel like this is uh, an issue that actually doesn't get talked about at all, because secondary infertility is if you've given birth and then you can't again. So you oh, might okay. have a kid or two, and for whatever reason, you can't have another kid even if you want Because wanted. of like the prior pregnancies? Whatever the reason might be. Okay. Like you could okay. have had a really hard delivery, right. you could have uh, been told not to get pregnant again, you could have right. had something, like I had a friend who's had a botched surgery and they were unable to get pregnant again. And so that's secondary infertility, and I, part of me, uh, my, I don't think it's harder, but I think it's its own kind of hard because I think yeah. people that struggle with secondary infertility, they have this guilt. Like, I shouldn't talk about this because, because I already, have, I already a have a kid and I should be thankful. <clears throat> right, right. And Man. I'm not like those people that have primary infertility. And so I don't have the same grace on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they almost <clears throat> sure. yeah. don't give themselves the ability. Uh, they don't give them the themselves freedom the freedom to, to grieve yeah. and to, to, to yeah. really walk through the pain because um, they are thankful for their kids. Right. But right. it's a it's a big deal. There's a lot yeah. of people that struggle with secondary infertility. Um, and so 
it is an issue that continues to impact people and continues to impact people that you love. I mean, the other statistic that was given um, was that 33% of people are impacted by infertility, whether mm. it's they themselves or people that they are close to or yeah. people in their lives. And so, you know, that's a one in three right. um, couple, yeah. you know, issue. And so looking at this, um, you know, you might look at our lives and say, wow, you guys should be over this. Like this, you have two kids and you've right. had these kids right. for, and they have beautiful adoption issue, stories, yeah. issues. <laughs> they have adoption issues too, but um, beautiful <laughs> adoption stories. Yeah. And it's true. And I believe that. And it is redemptive and mm-hmm. beautiful. And I'm so thankful for my children. And they both are miracle. But it is still the infertility itself is yeah. it a separate issue. Yeah. Um, I know that it is something that I grieved initially mm-hmm. and I had to walk through grieving. And at different stages of my life, it pops up and I have to almost grieve it in a new way. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's it's one of those things um that is hard for like okay for example so i have a lot of sisters and my sisters who have had babies they feel really bad telling me when they're pregnant yeah and not that i'm actually excited when they're pregnant i'm excited for them but they know that it carries its weight of sadness for me well and we haven't had the hard part is when people talk about experiences not with having kids but with like the pregnancy delivery stuff we don't necessarily have that experience we no and and so we were like okay right and so it's like we're gonna tap out of the conversation here (laughs) you know it's like okay yeah and so it's awkward yeah and awkwardness is hard yeah and um so some people don't say anything or they avoid and i guess what i'm trying to say is that sometimes you need to talk about it Mm -hmm. and sometimes you need to be allowed to act weird and excuse yourself from the conversation I'm invited to baby showers all the time and um i hate it i hate baby showers oh they're terrible yeah i love my friends though right and i'm excited for them right and so i'm gonna show up at your baby shower with bells on but it is hard right and yeah. there's a there is a juxtaposition of feelings there that there's really no easy way to walk through right and both both can be true you can be happy for them right and you're also grieving right or when women talk about their birth stories i love hearing birth stories because i think women are incredible and i think being able to have a baby is a miracle it's a beautiful miraculous thing and i love to hear it but then also i can't relate and so it makes me feel lonely and left out right and so it's this like i said 
it is a weird thing. And so sometimes I sit there and I am part of the conversation and I enjoy myself. And other times I excuse myself and I have to go away because I don't want my tears to take away right. from the moment. And that is not something where anybody can fix right. or make it better. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. And I think that's hard for people. It's Grief is hard because yeah. it just is. Yeah. And, um, and I know back you know back when especially oh gosh mother's day i still have a thing about mother's day i don't necessarily love it yeah because it was so painful when we were trying to have kids right. and um and still to this day it's one of those things where i'm more likely to think about who can't have kids right yeah and just that the whole day is just uh it's almost like just the whole day is a a, a a time period where it's in your face like guess right. who can't have children <laughs> right like, exactly oh that's me great yay yeah. i love it let's not get brunch let's sit in our house and cry i don't want to go to church because <laughs> someone tries to hand you a flower and you're like well i don't get that flower i'm not a mom and they're like well you're a mom in your heart and i'm like well don't give me the flower i don't want the flower take the you want i'm gonna break the flower just right. leave me well alone. For, for several years on mother's day you wouldn't go to I'd church. Just go on church i'd hang out in the lobby yeah because it just wasn't worth it to deal yeah. with it and i just wanted to be left alone yeah <laughs> and so um stuff like that right yeah. and um and i think you need to be willing to you know those who struggle with infertility father's day mother's day whatever it is being willing to grieve and being willing to you know like lacy did or hey I don't have to participate right <laughs> like I can excuse myself um, yeah or I can be both I can go to a baby shower and be so excited but yep. then also I can excuse myself if I need a minute yep and yep. um <clears throat> I think that's my encouragement to people that for friends dealing with infertility is just let them feel what they're feeling yep. and it's okay to be awkward it's okay that there's weirdness it's okay yep, yep. um so they're still your friend Right. Still, like bottom line you're you know still friends and yeah it's uh, yeah so um one of the things i did want to hit on because this is like the worst is things people say oh goodness it's, oh we have we have know, so many there's things. so many things and you I'm know whether sure... it's whether it's we've had a lot of it, people say interesting things whether it's about my disease whether it's about uh or, or me having cystic fibrosis, whether it's about infertility, we've had a, adoption, we've had so many people. And I think I, I'm gonna give people the benefit of the doubt that what we walk through is very unique and means there's not like a handbook on things to say there's to not. people walking through terminal diseases, things to say to people walking through adoption, things to say for people walking through infertility. There's not a book on that. Right, and, and here's, here's the <laughs> fact. I've said stupid things. Well, of course. You've said stupid things. Well, and <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. But people, when they get nervous, say stupid things, <clears throat> and they just try to fill the space. Yeah. And so a lot of times I chalk it up to that. Um, other times people don't know how to deal with hard, so they do right. make it light of it, and they kind of like uh, try to get out of the conversation. Right. So, yeah. um, 
One of the one of our friends recently told me she'd she'd received some bad news for her son who has a who also has cystic fibrosis, and she goes one of the things that meant the most to me is I had a friend who who called me and said hey I can come over, uh, and I can just sit. Yeah. And she's like that was one of the most amazing things that someone's ever offered is to be available. They'll just sit. She's like, I'm willing to just sit in your living room. You guys can go about your day, but if you need me, I'm here. And she right. goes, that was one of the most impacting things that someone's done because they didn't have words. They didn't offer any gestures of, uh, of um, hey, here's a, here's a candy bar. Uh, do you want me to take you to the mall? You know, it was... Let's just sit together. It's messy. Let's just sit. Right. Yeah, I, I, and I will say one thing that I always find interesting that people say or has said to me in the past was that now that you've adopted, you'll probably get pregnant. And they'll say it as a joke because I've known people that have done that. Mm-hmm. And that would always really hurt my heart because it would be a complete disregard for your situation. And right. like, a, I don't know, I just felt like it was really callous. Yeah. Like, um, I'm going to make a joke out of a situation that is really serious. Another thing that people say that I hate so much is you can have my kids when they find out that we're struggling or Here's that the thing. we have that. Such, that is That to me is such a disregard Ugh. as a parent to what your responsibility is as a kid f- for your kids. And, you and know, I know it's flippant and I know they don't mean it, but I think as far as hurtful... Yeah. That to me, that was something where it was shut me down almost immediately. Right. Well, it's um, like, oh, good, you're fertile myrtle. No, I don't. No, that's not an answer to our solution. Like, that's not a solution to us. Um. <sighs> yeah. So, okay. And then the final thing, as far as things people say that I want to hit on, is um, a prophecy, <laughs> pregnancy prophecies, and all of us can like kind of give a hand up here who are Christians. Any kind of charismatic Christian who struggled with infertility has probably yeah. <laughs> had to had to walk through um, this. And I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I mean, I know miracles happen, and I know people get miraculously pregnant, and, and I know belie- that there's and we believe in prophecy. We believe in right. prophetic words that God speaks things to right. And life I'm and not. Being. I you know, guys, I know I'm not dead, and I know Sarah had a baby when she was old, <laughs> but um, doing the whole. I I will take it from the single. If you are a woman who's received a prophecy that you will get pregnant and it has not happened, uh, I am sorry. Because that messes with your head. Yeah. That's that's all I have to say is that messes with your head and I'm sorry. It messes with your view of God, his faithfulness. Um, Also messes with future words, right? I mean, we've had multiple things spoken over us for various subjects in our life and you when one area doesn't come true you doubt the veracity and the truth of another area right right um one other i was gonna say one that i know has has uh frustrated me is you got kids the easy way yeah that one that always bugs you when someone had said that to me um that when we were trying to adopt Mm -hmm. and they were they had had a hard delivery and not like death defined it was just painful and hard their baby was fine they were fine but they kind of said it as a joke 
And um, I mean, we're talking about a person that has zero understanding of adoption. Right. And they were just thinking, wow, you went, you know, you went to a store, got a kid, brought him home. And um, <laughs> so dumb. And anyway, um, yeah, I, that one, that one's the one for you. It doesn't that, that one, one always get you because it's it's like, you know what? It's not it's not just about the adoption. It's the three years prior to that of walking through infertility. It's the two years for you walking and processing through infertility. It's the 30 plus years of living with a terminal disease. Yep, that's why we have our two girls is because I've ha- I've kept myself alive. Yep, that was the easy way. I know. You know, and so it's it's a it's a disregard. It's basically. a disregard for all of the stuff, not just the adoption, it's all of the stuff that led to us adopting. So, um, you know, with, with that said, I was thinking that um, if I could tell one thing to people that really don't have an idea of how to talk to couples that don't have kids um, or have, you know, have infertility in their lives, that, and this is my perspective, okay, so I'm not saying it's across the board for everybody, I don't know how everybody feels, but I know for myself that I had to... When I, when I was really grieving and releasing the control I had over having kids, I had to come to a place of completely surrendering any power or control I had of making it happen. And I cannot make myself, I could not make myself become a parent. I could not make children happen for us if it didn't happen. It didn't, it, it didn't matter how hard I fought, who I saw, what I went after, you know, no matter how hard right. I tried to control right. it, if it wasn't going to happen, it wasn't going to happen. And the process itself, every time you try a new process, it is so not just financially draining, it is so emotionally draining yeah. that sometimes you come up from one of those and you decide, I can't do it anymore. And so I just want to say that, you know, I know there's a lot of couples who just decide not to have kids. Yeah. But there's also a lot of kids who have, or a lot of couples who have come to the point of just like, okay, I completely release this. Yeah. And I need to wait on um, whatever it is that happens, whether it's th- this uh, never happening for me or down the line it happening but i have to release the control because when you're trying to control that so hard it can destroy you it can destroy you it can destroy your relationships it can destroy your your marriage um totally and the other thing i have to say is that if you have a family member um dealing with this that they need you Mm. they just need you they they need you to sit with them yeah. you know family or a close friend they need you to sit with them and they might not be able to articulate everything yeah but that um they just need you to to be able to be okay with them being in pain about it yeah right? being messy being messy yeah yeah you know one of the um you know one of the verses that's always a struggle for people who like you're saying, have infertility or is it, it secondary infertility? Mm-hmm. Is that right? 
is children are a blessing from the Lord. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, when you see people have multiple children and you're like, so am I, so am I not blessed? <laughs> am I so, uh, what is it, like, what does that mean What does that mean, mean for, for me? me? Yeah, yeah. Right. Or if it's used as an encouragement, you know, if, if your kids are from hard places and, and you struggle with hard things because of those hard places and they're like well children are a blessing from the lord <laughs> okay yep i understand that also some are very difficult mm-hmm. not because of who they are but because of what they've went through right and flippantly throwing around children are a blessing of the lord so you should view them that way right like is, you're not allowed to struggle yeah exactly right. yeah so i mean both with infertility secondary infertility people who have adopted kids from hard places have kids simply who've walked through trauma and you're dealing with the repercussions of that trauma uh, yes yeah <laughs> I, I just i caution you when you do use that verse to not use it as a weapon you know um how would someone use it as a weapon um like what do you mean like i know a lot of times big families feel under fire oh, for yeah. having a lot of kids yeah yeah and so they throw back that like as yeah, a, i see i see it you yeah. know like no we're really blessed look at all of our blessing and mm-hmm. i agree 100 oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah we're not diminishing but, that we're just saying be aware of all those around you who may not have any kids right and that they're <laughs> not choosing not to be blessed of the lord maybe maybe you don't know yeah. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. People that have no kids, they're not choosing. I mean, they, a lot of times they might they might be or they might not be. Mm-hmm. But that, um, I guess, am I explaining that right? How you yeah. can use that scripture as a weapon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that like can a, be an assurance to you, yeah. but don't use it to slam someone else sure. down, like to yeah. put them in their place. Don't you understand how blessed I am? No, you are supposed to realize that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. not supposed to inform someone right. else how blessed you are through that. <laughs> um, Let so, me tell you how blessed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I mm. I do want to um, just reiterate that it's okay to grieve. It's okay to grieve more than once. Yeah. It's okay not to hold a baby if you don't want to hold a baby, and it's okay for someone not to hold your baby. It doesn't mean that they don't love your baby or love yeah. you. They might just not be able to hold your baby. Yep. And um, that is sad. And I and I'm sorry, you know. Sometimes if I can't hold your baby, it's not because I don't love you and I don't love your baby, yeah. right? It's because, you know, to be completely vulnerable with you, I don't want to break down in front of you and have you carry that. Yeah, you know, that might not be something I want to do in that moment. Well, especially if your heart, your your heart's desire is to celebrate them. Right. Like, you don't want to be at the baby shower crying in the corner. Like, that's not... Nobody wants to be that girl. Everyone's playing a game and you're, like, sobbing a mess. Yeah. Like, no. And so you got to do sometimes what you have to do. Like, sometimes you can't show up at the Mother's Day service and that's okay. Yep. And, um... Sometimes you have to go out for ice cream when there's Mother's Day service instead. (laughs) So, I, I guess... You know, I don't know. Is there anything over my notes? Well, no, what I want you to do is I would like for you to pray for people who who are where we've been and who are uh, also maybe just 
perhaps heading into a situation where we've been um and just pray over them yeah totally totally so um lord i thank you that children are a blessing from you and i just want to like thank you for that miracle that you've allowed us to participate in with creation it's incredible and the loss of it is so deep and um sometimes we don't know how to deal with it but i know that you do and i also know that when we ask you for good things that when we ask you for uh bread as your word says that you're not going to give us a snake you're not going to give us things that hurt us and so when we ask you for good things that you desire as our father to give us good things amen and that even in the midst of all the brokenness in this world that you're able to bring redemption in every single situation and so i pray for every situation out there where there is brokenness and there is grief i pray that you may meet people where they're at and that they may know your love right where they're at Mm. I just want to pray specifically right now for people that are dealing with secondary infertility that they may feel the freedom to just give you their heart about that to give you their pain to give you their needs their longing and that they may just believe for redemption in that for your leading God, I pray for um, people that have resolved just to leave it in your hands, whatever whatever their future look like, whether it be kids or not kids. I thank you that you love their faith. Thank you. you love their release. Yes, you love their trust in you, and I pray that you may reward them richly, that you may redeem mm. the things that the enemy is meant to steal and destroy, and that you may bring beauty out of the ashes. God, I also pray for people that have dealt with loss, um, whether through miscarriages or um, just uh, situations that have been almost too painful to even bear. I pray, Jesus, that you may give them uh, rest, peace, and trust in you that you are, you are good Thank and that you have good for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Goodbye.